Would you? Okay, fair question here. With your fiance, would she be down? Would she be like, oh, yeah, let's go see what it's about? Or would it probably be a little bit of pushback? Would that be a dudes-only movie, or would she go check it out? I think she would. Yeah, I, I think she would. It wouldn't be her first choice, obviously. A lot, lot of, uh, lot of uh, well-built dudes with their shirts off. Yeah, I could maybe there sell that part of it a little bit. Now And now every time I see even a promo for it and I hear this song, I'm I'm getting so soft in my old I get sad. I'm like, "Oh, dude, what a great time in my childhood. My sister and I waking up having probably a Pop-Tart, brown sugar Pop-Tart. Then when we got out, you got to put the butter on the Pop-Tart, right? Unless unless it has the icing. If it's got the icing, no need to double fat that bad boy. We'd have a glass of milk. And we'd have that little TV in the kitchen. Watching WCCW wrestling, seeing if the Von Ericks can take out the fabulous Freebirds, or if there would be a problem with the missing link, or if uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, would try to come get the Von Ericks. Very disappointed Kamala did not make an appearance in the Iron Claw. Spoiler alert. But now I'm like, oh gosh, that was such good times. 40 years ago, Josh. 40. 4 0. Man, that is a uh, long time ago. That's tough to swallow. And then you realize they all basically took their own lives. All the Von Eriks except one. And it's just crushing. So, Iron Claw, check it out. I, if whatever the highest rating I could give a movie, it gets it. It's right up there with classics like Beer League and The Big Lebowski. Three greatest movies ever. No dirty work, I gotta be honest. I've watched a few more times now, Josh. With Norman. Uh, With Norman Artie. It's pretty yeah. good. Dirty work's really good. It's really good. All right, no one wants to hear my movie movie reviews. It's been a relatively slow day as far as portal or any sooner news is concerned. So let's start there with our top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Ah, yes, Newcastle Casino. I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. If I remember correctly, Josh Helmer, if I am understanding things correctly, the portal has been closed now for the most part for a couple of days, right? And you have the extension that was given for those that had the um, that were in a New Year's Day Six Bowl, and I think there was an extension for the teams that were in the national championship. But as far as at least I remember and I'm concerned, we shouldn't really be shocked by anyone jumping in or out of the portal. I'm sorry jumping in the portal here because it would be a graduate student from this point forward, right? It's closed until closed until April. Yeah, we are uh the doors are locked and shut until uh the spring. So, now it's all about uh folks that are in the herds of the world and others. Mm-hmm. I mean, are they going to wind up in Oklahoma? Yeah, what have you heard? Uh I I think I fell I fell for a fake report last night. Yeah, he got left at the airport. Yeah, uh, that's Zalen's herd. Lance herd. I think is that what he goes by? Does he go by Lance? Uh, I don't know. All right, um, but Zalen's herd. 
There, I fell for the report that, yeah, someone had left him at the airport. I fell for a report that said that he had already committed. Um, they hosted the five-star this past week. 12 games last year, made one start. Heard also visited the Tennessee Volunteers. There's Ole Miss rumors. This is usually that point where someone on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line says, Ha-ha! Oh! Haven't you heard? So, yeah. That's how I – that's usually what ends up happening with this. So, as, at least as far as I'm concerned, Josh, no news, no commitment, no announcement yet from Zaylen Sert. No, and uh, I, I was listening to Steelman and Thune at noon. Great listen, by the way. I listen every day. A couple of superstars, of course. And uh, what Parker was saying is there was nothing really new to report with uh, Mr. Hurd, and to, from his vantage point, what he's heard, what, uh, you know, his gauge on it, he, he doesn't know which way it's going, and it's probably just going to happen and probably going to surprise people uh, when it happens. Not necessarily the decision itself, but just that it's kind of gone radio silent. Okay. Yeah, I say, did some of you guys on Twitter – I mean, I don't know if you're doing this to purposefully confuse me. And for some reason, y'all always show up on my For You tab. But stop with the fake reports. I mean, what, what, what's, do you feel better that you've confused some poor old man who's struggling with Twitter? I mean, is that what you want to do? Unless your name's Tattoo Baker, then carry on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Tattoo, you get to do whatever you want. By the way, the 214, you're hired. You're hired. Whatever I can do, you're hired. Did you? Every time I say closed, it's from uh, it's for it's a ticket bit to where they had the they had Michael Irvin reading the school closures, and that's how he would announce every single school was closed. Closed. Allen High School. Closed. Closed. All right. Um. All right. So there's the update. I know, right? Thanks, Plank. Appreciate it. Really gave us a lot there. But there's just not much to report right now. Let me rephrase that. There's not a lot that's public. There's a ton going on behind the scenes. Right? This is a busy time. Sure. And we'll see about Devin Baldwin, and we'll see if he ends up being a guy that Oklahoma brings in, the 6'4", 270-pound defensive lineman who played at Jacksonville State under Zach Alley. And we'll see. I, I mean, I would think today or tomorrow is going to be the day when we get an announcement. But I also said I thought Monday or Tuesday might be the day, too, for Zach Alley to be the guy. But take care of all loose ends whenever it came to portal stuff, or at least that you've heard. Devin Baldwin, by the way, so far as we know, I, I, does he have a Twitter feed? He he has. Uh, he's not been offered that we know, right, by Oklahoma? Yes. Wait, hold on. That's not an answer to your question. He's not. It's so far as you and I <laughs> know, on. he's not been offered. Hold right? On. He's not publicly You're reported. Right. One. That, that's 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 right. You and I, I are just yes. sort of in between the lines here. Looking at this and saying, hey, he played at Jacksonville State. Uh, Zach Alley is uh, set to be named right. the new defensive coordinator. So you and I are kind of putting the I'm puzzle putting, pieces together that it could right. be a possible marriage. Exactly. Exactly. That's He hasn't been, at least from what I've seen, very active on Twitter.com or X.com now. And I just I think this is another one of those situations where you uh, see people asking whether or not he likes covered wagons. Right. Right. All right. Big story number four. Number four. I, I mean, come on. This should be big story number one in every single sports update there is. But 
Darko Rajakovic is the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. He's in his first season. Uh, Darko spent some time with the Thunder. I uh, was there for, gosh, parts of almost six seasons. And prior to that, Darko, I think, was the last coach ever of the Tulsa 66ers before they became the Oklahoma City Blue and did a great job. Well, last night, last night, Josh, Darko was a little bit frustrated with the way that the officiating went. Now, I'm going to be real clear with you. I did not have a problem at all with the way the officiating went last night and the Lakers win over the Toronto Raptors. I thought they did one heck of a job. But Darko, my friend, Josh Darko was hot. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Let's go. There is, there is a certain part of the rant that doesn't – you can't really do it justice until, Josh, you watch, you watch it. Because as he sits down, he does the, yeah, getting the neck a little bit loose, like stretch it out a little bit on the neck, rolls it around a few times. You have the modern mediator, whatever, the uh, media relations person for the Raptors say, okay, we'll open it up for questions. And he has this look in his eye. You know when you really made your dad? I don't know, your dad's pretty awesome. My dad was awesome, but whenever there was this switch, when I made him mad, I was like, I need to run. I need to run for my life because this is not going to end well for me, and he's very quick when he's mad. Darko had that look of, y'all are in trouble, and y'all are going to hear about it. Yeah, there's much rage behind these eyes. (laughs) I think it's one of my favorite rants of all time. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's total crap. And what's even better is Darko. Don King could probably tell some Darko stories because we did the 66er games. We did the 66er games on 1430 back in the days. Maybe it was on 1300, and we would interview him. And it was just great. You know, obviously he's someone that English is his second language, and it's it's awesome to hear. And I, I'm I'm grateful for him for not dropping a bunch of bombs so that, A, we get a family-friendly version of the rage, Josh, and we could also add to it we don't have to worry about hearing a bunch of beeps. Did you see? Did you see the free throw total in the whole game, though? What was it? 
The Lakers shot 36 free throws, and the Raptors shot 13. Yeah, so it's not even fun. I'm sorry. Three to one. It's not funny. Uh, The Lakers back to 500. Thunder in action tonight. They go down to take on Miami. Did I fall for another fake report yesterday? Did they basically give Eric Spolstra a lifetime contract? Did I see that right? Uh, Well, I don't know, but can I ask you this? Go ahead. Is Scotty Barnes indeed the future face of the league? I don't know if Scotty Barnes is the future face of the league, but I wouldn't mind having him in OKC or LA right now. That's for sure. I think he's pretty awesome. But he is not the future face of the league. Somehow the Thunder are four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight in Miami. Huh. What does Vegas and the odds makers know that we don't know? Spolstra and uh, the Miami Heat, they have agreed upon Spolstra has signed an eight-year extension worth more than $120 million. Good on him, man. Good on him. Everyone thought he was just Patrick. Who's Patrick Riley? Everyone thought he was Pat Riley's puppet. He's ended up being a heck of a head coach. All right, let's uh, move on, shall we? Anything else from the NBA you want to get to? Ah, Not necessarily. All right, big story number three. Number three. Got a lot of cool stuff in college basketball from last night. Let's start with the Sooners Conference for now. That would be the Big 12 where you got upset City in Ames, Iowa. back up, no good. And the rebound to Trey King. And a foul called. No. They wave it off. That's going to do it. How fitting is it that Trey King ends the game with a defensive rebound because he played a terrific game. And Iowa State knocks off number two Houston, 57-53. to 53. No more unbeatens left. Down go the Cougars in their second ever conference game after annihilating West Virginia in the opener and then afterwards we we played it way back in the open but TJ Otzelberger says we will not be an underdog in our house now not like I look at anything like that but we we will not be an underdog hey how about the upset in Lincoln last night he'll dribble up to half court he won't attempt the shot there's no need Nebraska will win and beat the number one team in the country by the final score of 88 72. Someone was giving uh, Iowa State fans grief because they, they didn't storm the court after that win. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe they got the, uh, who was it, the Jerome Tang in them, where they're like, hey, you one court storming in you, the rest of the time it's expected. They did not stop from storming the court in Lincoln. <laughs> no, they went crazy. As they should. That was a big-time win for them, and Hoiberg's – Got that uh, club playing some real good basketball so far. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Anything else? Oh, college hoops tonight. Listen, we'll get to we'll get to Oklahoma coming up in big story number one. But it's not. By the way, I, I got caught up in watching the Duke Pitt game last night, and I'm never one to try to take a shot at a former coach. But man, that's two games now that I've watched Pitt play. For a team that is ten and six overall, two games that I've watched them play at home where they just got drubbed. I was watching them last week whenever we were in Provo. They got beat by thirteen against North Carolina, and then they get destroyed by Duke last night by twenty-two. Not, but not here, Josh. Not here to take any shots. But when you start one and three in conference play, well, one and four now in conference play, and your only win is against a Louisville team that's under five hundred. 
Might be signs of uh, tough times ahead for Jeff Capel. Not good. Not good. And uh, th- this is not as though it's season one. No, 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 no. You had a couple of upsets in the top 25. Uh, Boise State beat Colorado State. Colorado State had worked its way up to 17th in the country. Boise State beat them by seven at home. And staving off an upset loss was Texas. I'm not looking forward to these Cincinnati trips, Josh. They look like they're going to be a pain in the backside. That team went to BYU and won and nearly knocked off Texas last night. This whole league is really good. Are you kidding me? Tonight you get Kansas at UCF, and then, of course, we'll talk OUTCU coming up here in just a bit. All right, big story. That's number three. Number two. Number two. All right, so we got our surprise firing, right? And Mike Vrabel moving on from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, um, Amy Adams Strunk is the owner of the Titans, part of that ownership group was asked why they didn't trade Mike Vrabel. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it, but at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, honestly, to to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we, we really wanted. I... I think it's sound. I mean, you end up trying to trade a coach, that can get a little ugly, right? And so then both you and whomever you're trading him to get a little bogged down. It's not as easy as like, well, we want a third-round choice. Well, then Vrabel has to be open to the contract. So I I think that they're – I think it's kind of a smart move, and I would expect Tennessee to go left lane hammer down after Ben Johnson or – I don't know. Maybe maybe look at some Niners guys, some of their assistants. It could be considered candidates right now. That is a fascinating opening right now because I don't know if that's a great job or not. Are they going to draft another quarterback? Where are they sitting right now? You would think you would think that I would have this right in front of my fat face, but let's see. Tankathon. Hold up a second. We need Plank is Googling it up on Twitter music. Tennessee sits at seventh in the draft right now. I mean, that's plenty high enough to get uh, one of these quarterbacks you like, right? Or package some assets and try and get up a little bit higher. Okay, then let's let's have the nerdy NFL conversation right now for just a second. Is Chicago going to stand firm with Justin Fields or are they going to do what I think we all would consider the right thing and get a Caleb Williams or they happen to fall in love with another one of the quarterbacks? I think if you're Tennessee at seven or the Giants at six, or heck, even Arizona at four, I don't think you're having to mortgage everything to move up to one, right? It's still in the top seven picks of the draft. So maybe if they've decided, Josh, that they're going all in on on trying to get a quarterback, or I'm sorry, all in on Justin Fields, then maybe you're in a spot if you're, uh, you're Tennessee where moving up might be a little bit easier than we even imagine. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to try and figure out what Chicago is going to do. Here's something else, just real quick, before we get to big story number one. Listen to this word salad from Sean Payton on the future of Russell Wilson. There's so many things that go into um, a decision specific to the quarterback, which is significant, obviously. Um, So it's too early at all. I I I spent half an hour with Russ yesterday, you know, and I I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process 
but um, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. I mean, you take either a big hickey because it's you're off the hook for some guaranteed money. But as I again, I I don't know if Spotrack is the gospel. I'm just you know looking at what's in front of me. It looks like in both 24 and in 25. You know, you're looking at a $35 million cap hit next year and a $55 million cap hit in 2025. The dead cap money next year is $85 million. I mean, you just, you can't cut him. No. I Yeah, you can't. We'll take Russell Wilson if you also give us your first-round pick. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you're, you're, you almost would have to do if you're Denver. All right, we'll trade your Russ in our second-round pick. How's that? They're going to have to, yeah. I mean, if they want to move off of him, they'll have to do that, I would imagine. Um, let's see. What else did I have on the NFL here for you? Oh, we're waiting on Bill Belichick, too. A good friend of mine now, Rob Gronkowski, uh, had this to say about Bill Belichick's future. Well, I know that, that Coach Belichick definitely wants to stay with the New England Patriots. He's a, he's a Patriot for life. He's a six-time Super Bowl champion. He's like grandfather claws in. I would say it's all up to Mr. Kraft on what direction he wants to go with the New England Patriots. And in the end, when it really comes down to it, I think he's going to keep Coach Bill Belichick as the head coach so. for at least another year. What do you think? I don't think, uh, I don't think he's right on this one. Though... He would be pretty connected, obviously. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Interesting. It just feels like there's been so much smoke there that – and it makes sense for all parties to, to go in a different direction. New England, they gotta, they got to figure out the quarterback situation. If they – you know, if it's a one-year deal, then that's probably not going to be good enough for Belichick no. because it's going to be a longer process than that for them. This gets us, Josh Helmer, to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Okay, let's go all in on getting you ready for hoops tonight. We got good doubleheader action. OU women in action at six at Kansas State. We talked about that a bit last hour. Full-on preview of Oklahoma and TCU. We'll hear from Porter Moser. We'll hear from the voice of Brian Estridge as we get set for the Sooners and the Horn Frogs next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. This week... On the show, we had Porter Moser, and we talked to him in anticipation of tonight's matchup against TCU about the impact that a guy like Sam Godwin has made on the Sooner lineup this year. You know, telling the Sam Godwin story never gets old for me. I'm just, it's just, it's just such a great story. Agreed. And, uh, you know, when the portal came out and he came in from Wofford, um, you know, we had, we had uh, Tanner Groves, we were looking, we we're like, man, we love his toughness. He's from Oklahoma, and we were, about a, a preferred walk-on. I remember his mother Susie asking me, "Now, if he if he does well and earns it, will he play? Since he's a preferred walk-on, I said, I'm going to play who's going to earn it. I'm going to play who's in there, and it's a perfect example of it. He played a lot as, as, and contributed last year. We gave him a scholarship. Now he's starting, and it's about you know never promising anything except opportunity. And he that's what we promised Sam, and he came in. It's like every day with his hard hat coming in and and uh you reward that you reward that it's not about what you were ranked or here or there he came in and he played so hard it was and i tell this for all young people and i i'm from chicago for those people know steve stone used to be a broadcaster steve stone was a great broadcaster he'd always say almost every telecast for you young guys out there and then he'd give you a lesson and it's a great example 
for uh, you young uh, young people out there that always want to play more. You know, find ways where the head coach has to play you. I have to, Sam was offensive rebounding and playing, so I'm like, I have to get him in the game. I I, I can't. I have to get him in the game. He's going to help the team. And he gave me reasons why I have to play him. And uh, and that's what I thought was special about Sam. And he just goes at it every minute. Every team, every team needs a Sam Godwin type of a guy, right? Every team needs a. I, I hate to use the term glue guy because I feel like it is so overused, but. I think it fits, Josh. Every team needs a glue guy like like Sam, and he's worked out well for Oklahoma. No doubt. And, you know, anymore he's more than a glue guy. He's a, a big-time piece for Oklahoma on this basketball team. Uh, he's arguably their most important big, so he's uh, he's done a lot of things really well. And as Coach said, give me a reason – where I have to play you. I can't not play you. And he's been that guy for Oklahoma. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, Josh, they're taking on a team tonight, TCU, that – did I just say I don't like using the term glue guys? A TCU team that kind of seems to be built around a bunch of the glue guys. It just are – you know, they seem to be bought in and what Jamie Dixon wants to do. Uh, they just seem to be a, a really, really good, complete basketball team. Now, I'm not saying that they're as good as they were last year, um, but uh, Avery Anderson is fun to watch. Micah Peavy is fun to watch. Uh, it's it's not even a ton of transfers that they have. It's just a bunch of old guys, four seniors and a sophomore, and they did really well during their non-conference Toby asked the longtime voice of TCU, Brian Estridge, about you know, Big 12, about non-conference, and how this TCU team has kind of caught his eye this year. By the way, Estridge, outstanding microphone, too. Very jealous of it. You know, I've been here 25 years. I think it's the deepest team I've seen here at TCU. Um, you know, they, they've got three guards that they're trying to grow into the system, and all three of them had a shooter's mentality. Avery Anderson, who you know from Oklahoma State, Jameer Nelson Jr.'s dad played in the league, uh, and then Trey Tennyson. All of those three came from places that needed them to score. I think I think uh, Avery averaged 15 against Oklahoma in his games mm-hmm. uh, in years past against him. You know, Jameer Nelson was a 20-plus point scorer. Trey Tennyson led uh, Corpus and uh, Corpus Christi in scoring. They were all meant to score. Well, in Jamie Dif- D- Dixon's offense, he, he, he wants a distributor first. And so they've all kind of had to change their mentality and, le- and learn how to do that. And so I think that's been a little bit of the process, if you will. I don't mean to sound like Jason Garrett. Uh, but <laughs> but I think that process is starting to pay off now. I think you're starting to see that occur. Um, I, I think you, you're starting to see a, a team that's high in the league in assists. Uh, you're, you're, you see a team that uh, obviously loves to get out of the fast break. And when they're on the fast break, they distribute it nicely. They, uh, they, they love to share the basketball. Um, so I, I think in that regard, you, you've got a you, you've got a really good chance. You've got a, a rim protector in Ernest Duday who's not really a scorer, the transfer from Kansas. Um, uh, you know, and you've got really three guys at that five spot who can who can help you. Uh, your wing players have been good. Emmanuel Miller's been good. Micah Peavy's been the best he's been. You know, I, I think Bill Self called him the best fast break player in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you have those those three guards now. What you're missing right now is Jacoby Coles, who you know, who played here last year, who can who can be a really good player, who started out really good, but he's been bothered by um, a foot injury. 
And so we didn't see him in the last game against Kansas. Don't know if he's going to go tonight against Oklahoma. So all that being said, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good team. You're, you're right, though. They didn't really play a tough schedule. They lost to Clemson. They beat Georgetown on the road. They lost a tough game uh, in Hawaii to Nevada. Won two out of three in a tournament there. Uh, beat Arizona State at Dickey's. Um, but, but other than that, it was, you know, we got a ring for winning the SWAC. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. What about def- – I would like to rescind one thing I just said. I said it's not like there's a lot of transfers. That that would be in their depth. All right, that would be in their depth. I, I was um, trying to – I was not familiar with their game. Their entire starting five is transfers. Thank you, Shaquille. Thanks. I was not familiar with y'all's game. And, uh, I mean, everyone off the bench isn't, but let's see. They usually – what do they go with? Avery Anderson, Oklahoma State. Um, Mike Peavy was the guy that started at Texas Tech. Uh, Travion Tennyson, where did Tennyson start? Texas A&M Community College. So, again, junior college, but still – a transfer. Emmanuel Miller played at Texas A&M. Oh, and then you add Ernest Uday Jr., who played at Kansas. So I would, I would like to rescind the earlier take because when you get into their depth and you look at some of their younger guys, it's guys that they're developing, right? But regardless, that's college basketball anymore. I was trying, Jamie Dixon, I was trying to make your roster out to something that it was not. I apologize. <laughs> I And I also did not turn the page on my notes either. All right, um, anything else you want to add on the game tonight before we hit the Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line when we come back? I just think it's incredibly important for the direction of how this Big 12 slate's going to play out for Oklahoma. This, is, this would be a nice one to get on the board early in terms of your first true road test. Yep, exactly. It's uh, it it's wild to think the first true road game for the Sooners is tonight, and I and again the the madness in the madness in North Carolina. I mean that was a true road yeah, game, but good point. True road game tonight. Okay, um, we got a break. We'll come back. Get the bats of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Get you ready for Steelman at Thune at noon. Coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hour number three, we're back. Mop and roofing and construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma, as we uh, rickroll our way back into hour three. Mop and roofing and construction, no messing around from them. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Mop and roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated, with over 35 years of experience. Insurance specialists that can help with fire and flood remediation work. To the text line we go. Back half of hour number three, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. The OU Insider Forum said Lee Davis is getting a promotion and pay raise that was too good to pass up. That's hearsay, though, via the uh, 785. Well, I, I don't – It's she wasn't fired. I mean, I, it wasn't like they told her to get out. Lee Davis, you're – you're fired. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't Teddy saying you're fired. Wasn't Waterboy, was, right? This wasn't that. So you would assume that she's going somewhere for a little bit more money. And and again, I was talking. I was I reached out to my source of all things Lee Davis, and we were just talking about the job in general. 
And my feeling is kind of like analysts and um, grad, I don't want to say grad assistants, but analysts, they bounce around quite a bit. You know, that seems to be a role to where well, she was at Florida and then a couple years at Oklahoma and, you know, might go wherever it is. I think someone had speculated UCF and you get a, a, a bigger role and, and more money. I just think that it's very much like coaching is what it is in the recruiting world. So congrats to her. I'm really happy for her. So we asked earlier, hey, what's next from uh, Washington as well, right? Michael Penix Jr., he's going to be wherever he winds up. He's going to be a legitimate first, second-round NFL draft pick. And uh, and he was right in the mix for the Heisman Trophy, led him to the national championship game. Wasn't great in the championship game, but had a magical season, right? Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen next with Kalen DeBoer with that offense? And uh, we, we said, okay, well, what have they done out of the transfer portal? Anyways, uh, out of the uh, out of the Seattle listenership, mm-hmm. we have a text here. I'm listening in Seattle. These dogs really think the uh, kid from Mississippi State is the next Michael Penix Jr. The big selling point seems to be that Leach recruited this guy. Feels like they're in for a TCU-type letdown, but they're so cute in their brand-new purple clothes and sudden interest in football that I don't have the heart to break it to them. Uh, This uh, texter adds, also there was a lot of griping up here about how much it costs to get to Houston and New Orleans because that's what big football programs do. Complain about how much it costs to support your team. The stench of new money, it's strong in this part of the world. I'm the first person to tell you that the sporting event tickets have become overpriced. But if the first thing that you do after making it to a playoff is, oh, gosh, how much did it cost to get there? And look at – not feeling good about the way things are looking, y'all. That's not, a, that's not a good indicator. If anything, success tends to lead people to want to do what? Spend a little bit more, right? Absolutely. Is yeah. that what he's saying, though? Did I misunderstand that? I think just the travel cost okay. of it. Uh, for fans, to, to be a fan, to be gotcha. there for the two games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's Yes, it's a lot. And it's not going to change because there will be more games. I mean, you let, let's say that you start out the playoffs in 2024 as a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, as a 9 seed. You got to go somewhere. If you win that game. You you, got to go somewhere that's going to be even more expensive. Then guess what you got to do if you win again, Josh? You got to go somewhere. And even if you're a team that has that first round bye, you're going to have to go somewhere and play. Now, I would assume assume that they'll try to do, and and again, this is one of those unknown things that I feel like Pete Thamel keeps reporting on but doesn't really tell us anything. Same with Ross Dellinger. It's like, all right, this is going to happen. All right, so what does that mean as far as will there be regional, I guess you could say, help for a team that might be a 1, 2, 3, or 4 seed and then has to start their season, their postseason in a bowl game? No one really knows, right? So, for instance, if we're a 1 seed, let's just say Oklahoma is a 1 seed, and Dallas, or the what the Cotton Bowl is now, I mean, don't you think that it would be fair to give that one seed a game in the Cotton Bowl or if it's Alabama and Atlanta or if it's I don't know USC and L whatever whatever it might be right I I don't know if we've truly had that answer yet I still don't think that they've answered whether or not it's going to be five and seven five automatic bids and seven at large bids we all assume it but it hasn't been announced yet 
do we know how the the monies will be distributed either? I mean, I imagine if you host, you just keep the gate and everything, right? But I don't uh, think so. No, they, they're going to distribute it. I or? think so. Yeah, I think it's all going to be. I'll have to ask. You know what? I've got. An, you almost have to. I've got an email I'm about to send to see about talking with Joe C at some point this week, and I think that's a good question to the, ask. The actual, okay, uh, cost for vendors and, you know, uh, those operational uh, expenses, that has to go, obviously, immediately to the University of Oklahoma and uh, said host. But then from there, you know, the the ticket revenue and a Mm -hmm. lot of that, I would imagine, yeah, across the board, you you can't punish teams for having a better season, right? And not getting to host two games. Uh, You want to get a couple more of these texts in here real quick? Okay. The uh, the families we talked about. Uh, oh gosh, did you see the Pandora's box that opened I, up? I know uh, from the realm of uh, earmuffs. Everyone out there, at, uh, this will maybe happen again in several months. So just just play uh, pretend <laughs> that uh, you didn't didn't hear this today when you hear it three months from now. But uh, talking about famous families in the history of the University of Oklahoma, the bookouts, uh, the Gaylord family, Stephen Tinker Owens. So there's uh, yeah a bunch of names that have been tossed into uh, the mix here. KJ and Lou. Oh, gosh, the, yes. The Paris sisters, the Griffin brothers. KJ and Lou, by the way, that's uh, that's a lot of championships over there at women's gymnastics. So I think you're absolutely right. I saw what the Burrises were suggested in uh-huh. there. Mm. Tinkers. Uh, the Tinkers. The Owens. <laughs> you know, the Tinkers, Josh. <laughs> that's right. Yes, a great <laughs> family. Hey, while you're driving right now, feel free to throw something at your radio. I'm, I'll, I'll take, your, uh, I'll take your, your anger on that one. It's It's – in the history of Oklahoma, and I again, I've got a lot of work to do on our new brethren in the SEC, right? But I get the sense that it's pretty, it's pretty natural that you would have you know family ties at each school. I just feel like we have a laundry list of really great family ties at this university. If it's you know uh, a couple of brothers, a couple of sisters, a couple of husband, a wife, if it's a you know, the Bob Stoops, Chris A. and Edmund, soon to be the Bowman family. Yeah, that's oh. true. There's <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I had one more text I wanted to hit on, Josh. Okay. It was one of the first texts to the show from the 918. Here's a question you may not want to read on the air. <laughs> but have you ever snuck a shotgun into the infield at Texas Motor Speedway? I can neither confirm nor deny that Pop and I one time had to deliver something to J.J. Yelly, and in order to do so, that said goods could have been viewed as something that might have been a firearm, but I cannot confirm that, Josh. Though I think the best part about what could have potentially happened was just walking through the infield with uh, with a shotgun and no one thinking anything of it, I think was still the best part if that allegedly uh, happened. What year would this have been? Oh, gosh, Pop. What are we going back to? If Jeremy's listening, you got to help me out, dude. I think it was like 05, maybe 06. So that, that still would have been, um, you know, security's ramped up and everything. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I – and again, I think that it was one of those to where it was kind of – allegedly – allegedly made clear that, hey, these guys are bringing something for J.J. And then we got it. And then he sat and talked with us for 30 minutes. It was How about great. that? That is uh, 
that's some some information that they yeah, found from Yeah, that was fantastic. And my truck, it's funny, my truck died on the way down. It did the same thing that my current car is doing. And they told me they're like, "Yeah, it's done." And I was like, "The heck it is." I got like three more I got three more years out of How that about truck. That? Wow. Yeah, got three more years out of that truck. Uh but I'm glad that someone brought that question up because it does lead to a big story. You know, the Chili Bowl's coming up in Tulsa, a great indoor racing event that Emin Han has put on. I miss doing shows from up there. Maybe, you know, maybe we can get up there for a program. There's not much going on from 9 to noon uh, outside of the Saturday races, but Kyle Larson announced that he will be racing in the Chili Bowl again this year. So really cool stuff. We'll wrap up some final thoughts next on a great weather day in Norman, Oklahoma, right here on The Ref. Now I got two things for you, Josh. I mentioned I, I if you if you caught the first hour of the show, I took an entire page of notes that I had that I didn't get to from Monday's championship game. We started the show with them. I missed one that I wanted to ask you about here. Okay. You ready? Have you ever brushed your teeth left handed? <laughs> no, I, I've never done that. Okay. Me neither. But I guess some people feel like it works. So as soon as this show is done. As I do after every show when I drink 8,000 cups of coffee, I'm going to go in and brush my teeth left-handed. And number two, Joe C. Jr., who if you do not follow at Joe C. Jr. 29 on Twitter, you're doing it wrong, has reported that the Max Westheimer Airport is on the verge of announcing a new restaurant that will open up called the OK Diner. I would assume it would be in the same spot that Ozzy's used to be. Tuesday through Sunday, 7 a to 2 B for breakfast. Thoughts? I'm in. Let's do it. I got an idea. Why don't you call it Ozzy's and make it all you can eat? I would say that would be a great idea. Crazy that, idea. That name might be, uh, there might be, <laughs> you might have to pay for that. Yeah, you might have to pay for a little bit. All right, fun show today, man. You guys made it a blast on the text line. We'll do it again tomorrow live from Cavens and kick off the show with a legendary Damon Meyer right here, Miner right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next.